They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. This is Hysteria 51. We're here. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to an episode filled with horrors that truly scare, I think, most people. The strange and the horrifying stuff that fill our seas. Filled. With monsters, folklore, ghosts, everything in between. Tales of the water. I don't know about you, Brent, but to me, they're both captivating and terrifying. I submit that you two turds are just pussies. I submit that you shut the hell up. <laughs> Broadcasting from Motion the lower. Motion carried. <laughs> dimension. Also known as Chicago with a connection flight to parts unknown Colorado. We're your hosts and lead. Um, I'm going to go with Jacques Cousteau impersonators. This week, my name is Brent Han, he is David Flora, and the bots are running around as well. I run for no man. Keep it up and we'll see if you can swim. That's what we're going to do. That's what I thought. David! I like yelling. <laughs> David! <laughs> Without Get in here! Too. How dare you? Turn in your badge and you're yeah. God now! Now, you know what? You can keep the gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It's time to get wet together, is what I'm getting at, David. It's wow. time to get wet. Wow. I would, uh, I'd be very appreciative if you didn't say that ever again. Sure, you know, play it cool with the mics around. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> we are talking terrors of said wetness, terrors of the sea. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but we didn't come ill-prepared. We got a ringer in this week to talk all about this new documentary dealing with all those watery bastards. You got it. Director George Popoff makes his triumphant return to the Lower Faith this weekend to talk Sideworld at Terrors of the Sea. Ugh, still no porn directors yet. I guess a bot can dream. <laughs> in it. Not porn, but in this documentary. <laughs> uh, I started choking there when he said that. Uh, wow. He takes on some... Wow. <laughs> Dial it back a little Son bit. Son of a bitch. Mm. I got wet. That's what he wanted. <laughs> Uh, but he takes on some specific sea terrors, very specific, telling us crazy stories dealing with all of them, from monsters to ghosts and everything in between. And George is Bulgarian-born, as you might remember if you've listened to the previous one. Uh, he did Sideworld Haunted Force of England, which was a blast, and we had him talking about all those. But uh, he's been revered for his unique visual style and carefully crafted atmosphere. Also, he's had a couple feature films before this, Hex and The Droving, and they've been praised for their focus on complex themes and characters. And outside of documentaries, uh, well, you know, just The Droving and The Hex aren't the only ones. He's working on a few more feature films with his company, Rubicon Films. David, before we dive in with George, uh. <laughs> what's your favorite sea terror? What's the one thing that you think of when you're going boating or something like that? And you're like, I hope I don't run into that. Uh, is, <laughs> is there such a thing? I don't know if there's necessarily such a thing, but I love the ghost ship lore. Yeah. Out there. Now, which version of ghost ship? Because there's two go types of ghost ship. The ghost ship of like, there's the ghost 
ship that's actual ghost. It's a, 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 an entity in and of itself or the ghost ship as in they find a derelict ship with the crew missing and no one knows. Where I'll went. tell you what, that, that version, the last one there is uh, creepier, I think. Because you uh, uh, you think of the Mary Celeste, you think of uh, the Orang Medan, mm-hmm. which they weren't missing. They were just dead and, and frightened. The, the unknown like, is right? almost scarier yeah. than the, well, I know you're a ghost. <laughs> but I uh, I really enjoy the stories of like the Flying Dutchman, you know, where they they just see it in a cloud of fog at sea, passes by, and everybody's just like, what the hell? And then- that's it. Baby <laughs> Jones locker. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's tons of things in that. I think the thing that scares me the most is what's alive down there that we don't know about. Yeah. And that fills <laughs> tomes. I'm sure of, of books, the things that we don't know about. And that to me is very, very, very scary, especially when it's a couple miles down. <laughs> you know? Well, especially when they look like they do, man, like mm-hmm. that it's nothing but, like daggers for a mouth yeah. and these eyes that are just giant and soulless. Yeah. yeah. Like they look like nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah. And the voice of an angel. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> la, 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 la. But the, uh, the, the scruples of a used car salesman. So, you know, they're evil. They're just all <laughs> evil. And they're going to lull you with those tunes, which is to say no scruples. <laughs> Scrupulous. Scrupulous. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go to break real quick, but when we come back, George Popoff joins us to talk Side World, Terrors of the Sea. That's up next on Hysteria 51. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by extras for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. 
get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Welcome back, Hysteria Nation, and also welcome back, George Popoff. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Really schlumming it with us here in the lower fourth dimension. Oh, oh man, I, lo- I love schlumming. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, and it's g- great to be back, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Schlummer's going to schlum. Thank you so much, like we said, for, for coming back on here. And I love that you're really digging your heels into this Fordian world, and it suits you, because we're here to talk about Sideworld Terrors of the Sea. And it was super entertaining and super interesting because you covered some things that I wasn't really familiar with. So thank you so much. That is, it, it was awesome. No, thanks, man. Like that was great to hear. I mean, the thing is, if, if uh, the fans keep loving it, we'll just keep making more. And there's so many more things to uncover different topics. And like I said, even Terrors of the Sea, I mean, uh, we have so many other different uh, types of uh, supernatural topics to cover, but even that, I'm, um, I'm already thinking like at some point we need to do Terrors of the Sea too because there's so much there to, right. to explore and you know? fathoms to explore. Well, we kind of said that in our last one. You know, you were talking about where do you pick, you know, where to stop and go. You could go do an entire series forever on Terrors of the Sea and probably yeah. never run out of things to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that. That's that's always interesting to see, like how many 
what we do in a cycle before we start repeating some of them. And um, I think it'll be a while until we want to come back to some of those words. But like I said, like if the interest is there, we'll keep coming back to some of those topics because they're around the whole world. I mean, with Terrors of the Sea, we opened up a little bit more, but we're still kind of, you know, mainly uh, circling around the British Isles. But uh, yeah, I would love to do uh, Terrors of the Sea where it takes place more. Uh, you know, there's so many s- stories around your coasts and, and around the whole world. Right. Well, and this isn't your first uh, foray, we said, or rodeo, if you want to call it, into, so to speak. You released, you've got had some feature films before this we talked about before. Hex in 2017, The Droving in 2020, and you got several more in development. Plus, you were on here before to talk about your first documentary, Sideworld, Haunted Force of England. What's the driving force for you to switch to the seas, or what made you want to do seas this time? Just to keep it in that same vein, or was that something you've always been interested in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all comes uh, back to the initial plan of Sideworld, you know, and uh, when me and Jonathan sat down and wanted to plan out the the you know these series of of uh, documentary you know horror feature films and we wanted to make this this the, the series and take it further and make it into a franchise and keep building upon it uh we wanted to plan out a little bit further down the line which which uh i i know some other bigger franchises don't like to do that you know but uh, <laughs> i've always been thought that planning ahead is a good thing planning that's go. for suckers <laughs> yeah that's for suckers i know yeah absolutely um Anyway, uh, but um, like I knew that after Forest, um, I wanted to do something that's going to change the um, even the color palette of it, if you want, and kind of the texture of where we've been. And and I didn't want to go back to everything being green again, and and, and kind of talk about you know similar similar topics. Um, I wanted to feel familiar and people to understand what Sadwell is trying to be. So talking about a different another different biome of, of where stories can happen and, and sort of that, that particular lore, uh, lore and texture you get was made sense. But at the same time, it felt like let's, let's jump into something fresh that gives you a completely different kind of uh, experience and uh, almost a subgenre of horror that you might think. Right. And th- that is totally, <laughs> you say subgenre of horror, man, so many people are scared of water. Yeah. You know, I, I love that they do around here. They'll do little ponds and they'll, they'll set up a, uh, uh, movie screen and play like jaws and you can get on like a float and watch it because it's just, it adds that extra layer of just spookiness when water's involved. Why is it? Do you think that so many people are terrified of water or what lurks beneath, so to speak? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one because at the same time you look at us and, and we really are the blue planet. I mean, water yeah. dominates, you know, 75 percent of uh everything we have so you know it's strange that some people just turn into those you know the aliens from science it's like like let's attack the planet that's covered in water and you know and (laughs) we can all die from it so a lot of people are still scared of it even though it should be should be our thing but i think that's a lot of that comes with with our history and and um it's not our natural habitat and and uh because it's so huge because it's so vast and because we've been exploring it and and we've lost so many lives to it i think there, there is a lot of that mystery that comes with it, and that fear of the unknown. And, and, and to this day, we know so little about what's, you know, what's down there and in big part of the oceans. And that just fuels the folklore and the stories. And, and a lot of them turn out to be true as well. And I think that's another thing: is like how many other, uh, you know, paranormal, as we call it, like uh, areas or subgenres we have where, where we just have things that we speculate before now being proven that they're true. Right. Mm. Uh, the thing you said there that, you know, we, we know so little really blows my mind because we really do. They've explored so little 
of the bottom uh, of the, the oceans and lakes and everything out there. And that is just nightmare fuel uh, for, for children and adults alike, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, yeah, so many people now have that, like, even just looking at images, it just triggers their um, philosophophobia of, like, what could be inside and what could, it's, 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 a, it's like, um, it's, as, it's as unknown as deep space, but at the same time, we know that there, there's that biome of all kinds of creatures that can exist there. And, and, um, and like I said, so, so much of our ancestors, um, have a great connection to it and he has that very weird abusive relationship that, that we have with the sea that's it's that sometimes it's romantic and we love it and yeah. it's so so such a huge part of our lives but at the same time it's dangerous and can kill you in a second now george this is uh this being your second version of this uh, uh type of documentary i'm wondering what um what what did you learn from the first time? Did you do anything different than the last time? How was it the second time around? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a, that's a good question. I think aside from the, the the obvious things of of just changing the types of shots you need and, and kind of planning everything around the um, the type of environment you're gonna be in, it, I think I, I wanted to push what makes it more more different because that that allows me to experiment a little bit more of what our format is and and um, the the earlier we are in what side world is, I think. Um, the more adventurous we need to be to kind of like try with the audience of where our boundaries are and how you keep having it something that's that you make this uh, well known that this is going to have its own style and be going to be a great hub for all the fans then it's going to be something familiar that they can keep coming back to but at the same time we don't want to get stale and, and boring right at the beginning where uh, they, they know exactly what's going to be and i think i embrace the sea in the ocean as something that's uh, like i said i think he had more of a passionate and 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 then sort of um dynamic um sense to it nature to it then more than the forest to like in forest there was a lot of stillness there was a lot of like ghostly figures and 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 a lot of that came with with the with the biome and i think with the sea i really wanted to push that more kind of 19th century romantic horror Mm -hmm. that you usually get with that genre like they really felt there was a lot of passion and there is a lot of uh you know stories about ghost ships and stories about like ghosts of of people who disappeared in the ocean and then they came back and the sea monsters that's a lot of the stories um the the really well documented first ones originate from from about that period between 18th 19th century and people uh, you know um recalling stories of that and 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 put down in actually in the the annals of history so um, that dynamicism of, of of the documentary, I think it made it feel a different way. And we kind of explored our tools and how we edit, how we shoot, even more so. So uh, I learned a lot from from this one, and and I'm I'm kind of I can't wait to implement um, a lot of the tools we learn here and expand on some of them on, on the future ones. I mean, the next one we're working on at the moment, but yeah like it was it was a great uh sense to try and push the boundaries of what satellite can be well that's great because you know for the first one to this one they're they're so polished and uh, mm-hmm. one thing you did that i really liked is you break it up like in the first one you had each of the different forests and this one you broke it up into chapters ghost ships sea monsters spectral sailors and mermaids how did you fall on those were there others that you decided not to do or did, were those like right off the bat you're like i want to cover these how'd you how'd you decide on on the chapters yeah absolutely i think with um the reason why we did it in forest as well is is because you know we picked the forest that we felt that they're gonna kind of do a little bit of a, of a narrative throughout that, that you're going to get, you know, a classic experience to begin with something very fairy tale Then the next forest had stories that were a bit more contemporary and so on and so forth. So 
a similar thing here. I, I thought that we need to pick the topics that um, you know uh, are going to give you a pretty uh, rich sense of how expansive and different those different subgenres of uh, nautical horror and legends can be. You know that you know the mermaids are you know you know very fairy tale like, and of course the sea monsters are you know very cryptid like, and, and same thing. You have ghosts, you have your ghost ships, and you even have different types of ghost ships. Are you talking about the ship that is just a fine without anyone on board, or are you talking about the ship that is a ghost that's just an apparition, um, which is the ones that we mostly talk about? So um, it, it helps you weave the narrative in like what I always think about. I think in uh, as a director, kind of mo your most important job is instead of you know doing any one specific job, it's like your job is to to be the best viewer, to be the best right. audience member, and to really learn like okay, what is the experience that we're going through? And if someone comes in, it's like terrors of the sea. Right away, you're watching this like, you know, you've seen uh, uh, World before, maybe maybe you haven't, but you kind of get the idea that we're going to be going into this paranormal folklore and, and all these legends. Um, opening on on the ghost ships and something that can be so massive and, and, and kind of man-made, you know, vessel. And at the same time, that itself can have this uh, um, hugely expansive kind of like um, apparition that that is kind of contrary to the ghost is just like in the corner of your room. It's something so huge and something so uh, um, massive can be um, a ghost like that. It can just appear out of the fog. I thought that will make it special when you know that this is a, a different type of documentary. And we also open on a, on a um, witness account from what happened to be King George. So yeah, yeah. it, it kind of puts you in the right space. <laughs> I, lo I loved it. You opened with the ghost ship. It hooked me right away with this well i like that too like you you said when you said ghost ships in the beginning your mind well not your mind my mind <laughs> kind of went to you know like he's like the the the, the mary celeste like the ships that are yeah. that are you found and they're they're cruise missing but that's not really what you focused on which was a nice refreshing thing and then you went into the goodwin sands holy hell oh, yeah you know that's i crazy. i never heard of this right i think i do the name but i didn't know 13 ships and 1900 men died in one disaster there. I love it. You talked about, there's been over a thousand shipwrecks. Some of them are still like sticking out of the, the sands there. It's just a crazy place. And then you have all the, the uh, sightings of ghost ships. Some of them come every 50 years and you, you, you put it for an interesting thought of, is this kind of a, I know it's an overused term, but a, the Bermuda triangle, like, is this place what needs the blood you know it's this place <laughs> yeah. what is al yeah yeah i don't want to say alive but um uh, causing this or is it just really just a, a a horribly treacherous place that people ended up coming to their doom there yeah i mean it's it's a um yeah there's many theories of how you can look at it but but almost at the same time is with all these shipwrecks that have happened there as as we said like thousands of them um, how could this place not be haunted, right? Like, how could you not have like this this amassed? Oh no, energy people just keep and... dying here. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I know that obviously that there is there is um you know logical uh, you know explanation of why that happens and why they're so uh, tricky and and uh, of course and that explains why you have so many catastrophes happen there, but at the same time. You know, maybe maybe the fact that you have so much um, of that death happening in the same place over and over and over again, you know, kind of referencing back to what we talked about when we talk about the suicide bond in forests, right? Mm. Um, that surely 
you know, like, cause we know with, you know, any, any sort of energy leaves some sort of mark. Um, so it, it's not that crazy to assume that this place has a vibe. To put yeah. It, to put it, it felt like these ships are like their energy, like just they're doomed to like, might not even be the ship. It's just their energy is like reliving their last moments over and over and over again. And like some of them, he said, they get seen like every 50 years. Is that how long it takes to get enough energy to go back through it? Or, or what is the reasoning? I don't know. I mean, that's hard to say, but yeah. uh, it's a really interesting thing. And then you have all these eyewitnesses over and over again that are seeing these things. Yeah. I would crap my pants. Uh, if I saw a gold ship, <laughs> I don't mind telling you guys. So, uh, well, so I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was a, it, it's, it's super interesting history. Of course you had super interesting history throughout the thing, but, um, the part uh, about the Goodwin Sands where they they had tried to raise uh, warning, you know, towers or whatever to to keep people, but they there's just no land to build on there, mm-hmm. so it just doesn't work. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really super. tricky. I mean, the sands keep moving, and and I think it's it's like you 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 can visit them, but it's like this one specific time of the year in June you can like ferry out of it and. They've played like, a, you know, the British play like a cricket game there or a super match or something, you know, just to prove that they can. But then after that, you just, you know, after a couple of weeks, you have to get out of Dodge and, and um, you know, leave it because like it will, it will start moving again because it's just it's just sediment sands like it just keeps um, keeps slushing around. And, and uh, you're, you're um, it, it, it's so strange because like we, we, you know, shipwrecks, we call them wrecks like you, you hit some um an underwater cliff or something like that uh, a rock in this case they just kind of get stuck there and get sucked into it. like it's just this um vacuum you know yeah, yeah they they get they get stuck in the sand and then they get to- you know turned to one side or the other and they're done for or ripped yeah. apart because of that it's different than getting stuck on a rock and you're just there yeah I mean, you know, like even if you try, like when you when you go at the beach and and you have like the the nice sand that the, there's no you know the dry one, and then when you go towards the wet sand, and if you put your kind of finger in it, and when you try to pull it out, you feel this suction that happens, and it's like, oh, that can I can I pull my finger out? Go it's stand like in the and let the waves hit you, and all of a sudden you're a foot into the ground, <laughs> you know, just standing yeah. there as you're sinking or moving around. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Well, and then we moved on to sea monsters, which I found one of the interesting, really interesting to me was that so many sounded like huge snakes these for lack of a better you know they had similar descriptions and these went for hundreds of years of these people seeing things and they're not saying that it was a thousand feet long they're talking like 40 50 60 feet long and it looked like you know similar to a snake and that makes me wonder and this is a few hundred years ago how far-fetched could it have been to think that there was something out there that is now extinct that was still out there? Because at that time, we'd done zero exploration of the bottoms and really knew what was was going on. Am I just living a pipe dream there, do you, or do you guys think something like that could have been true? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's absolutely uh, could have been, and it absolutely could be, because the thing is, uh, I mean, we, we've seen that with. Uh, I'm I'm gonna start from afar to make a point, so mm-hmm. so bear with me. But but <laughs> I mean, you, you saw how it was with with COVID, right? Like as as soon as we all got back into the houses, then nature just started to reclaim. Like you see deer on the streets and stuff like that. You yeah. Know? Um, in front of a Walmart or something, and um, what was happening then is like what we have kind of conquered uh, of of the ocean at the time was just literally the most top layer 
of of water you know and and the ships were sailing you know you know it's a pretty 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 shallow amount of um presence that, that we had so uh there was creatures that um probably roam pretty uh, close to the top of the water that, that's now maybe they're pushed more further down uh because we have more more action happening uh, we have so much more ships and and, and we explore um deeper and deeper uh, but that doesn't mean that those things cannot migrate vertically and just uh, move further down where we can't reach them at this point. It, it goes into that whole thing of what's down there, you know, and just it. I, I loved you were talking about too. sailors would come forward and say, we saw this and the whole ship, you know, the captain would come forward and they'd all be like, yeah, we saw it. And they'd come to land and people would be like, burn them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not, take them to trial yeah. and then they have to sit there. Yeah. And, so finally yeah. they're just like, I ain't saying shit. And that's kind of, we take that into like modern day with pilots. See something yeah. in the sky. Well, you don't say shit, you know, because of ridicule. Scientists don't really go and study a lot of these things because of the ridicule. So in a lot of ways, we haven't progressed that much in several hundred years. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, Captain, <laughs> that's true. I mean, Captain McQuay at the time, who saw like the, the Daedalus sighting, which is, which yeah. is uh, quite big and quite documented, and he, he hired an artist to draw it and everything because he just won't back down. He's been like uh, against the Admiralty. He says, like, I'm not going to lie. I saw what I saw. But, you know, they didn't have like Joe Rogan back then. So he couldn't go on it and be like, hey, look, I'm legit. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it, it's. It was it was a difficult, um, you know. You liken it to the to the modern pilots, like it's a very good example. Um, but a lot of people, then they they gave their word. They were stand up. Uh, they didn't hire just crazy dudes back right. then in the, uh, you know, in the military. It just didn't didn't happen. You could just any decision could lead to all of these sailors' death. Well, so yeah, yeah, amen to that. Well, since you said Joe Rogan, I got a, a channel manager Joe Rogan. Uh, bro, would you do DMT with a sea serpent? <laughs> Brent, pull that up. Pull that up. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think that the serpent lives in the simulation? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you talked about a lot of those and, you know, they were all over the place. And I mean, this really, for, you know, pun intended, scratched, just scratched the surface with sea serpents. Do you have a, or sea monsters? Do you have a, um, I keep saying serpents because you got serpents on the brain because that's what a lot of them sound like. Do you have <laughs> yeah. a favorite? Do you have one that you were researching like that one's really cool? I, th I think I really like the, um, the, the one with the, the, the U-boat. Um, oh, yeah. That was fascinating. That we yeah. That, that is, that is like, cause, cause again, uh, you know, Germans and British are at war at that time. Like there's no really time for joking or piss takes and like they were, they were in a really, uh, precarious position you know that they, they were um their vessel was uh, pretty damaged um and uh, they were in, in the hands of the british and and the, they had to scuttle it in the end and, and and destroy it and um they were interviewing all the germans separately um and all of them gave the same version that they were you know going up for for air because you both at the time obviously had to take in air physically um so they had to surface and and, and something just came out of the dark and it just the uh, started bashing the U-boat to the point where it destroyed the, the cannon and, and it just, they couldn't submerge it anymore after that. And they were stranded on a, on a pretty special mission. They were all the way up next to Scotland. So that means that so they were probably doing some recon or something yeah. on the British. So they were in a really tricky position. I don't think they'll, they'll just start saying, oh yeah, by the way, 
there was a sea monster here and right. they just make it up. I love that they're like open fire on it and it just kind of got mad and kept going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah like, exactly. Man. And then the, what's really crazy is they found that U-boat since then you talked about, or they believe they Part have. of it. <laughs> Part of it. Yeah. You know, that's just a, um, I know it's before our time, but it's not that far removed. No, you, no. I- Absolutely. Uh, there, there, there's, there's good, um, there's just good evidence since then. And that, that's the thing that's, uh, that's why I like that story. Cause, um, you know, you bring it down to the 20th century. Yeah. It's a hundred years ago or something, but still, um, it, it's not as far back as, uh, talking about like Captain McQuay and all of that. We can yeah. absolutely trace it back. Yeah. Um, I, well, you know, period. I also, you know, speaking of, absolutely the human response of coming to shore and seeing a monster uh something uh washed up that's still alive and you just drum up the entire town to come and stab it until it's dead and uh, take measurements of it that was another you know where the the entire town's like yeah that was there and then we sold pieces of it to rich people (laughs) right (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean that story that's the thing is like we we could not like when you were talking about which stories did we pick again for the documentary, how we structured it and, and, and all of that, there was no way to really tackle the important overall theme of our relationship between us and the sea mm-hmm. than to also show how, you know, how, how ignorant we are and how as ignorant you, you, you tend to just attack the things that you don't know because you're scared of them because they're in the unknown for the, you. And that's the, uh, the human way of look at that, kill it. You know, that's, yeah. that's um, terrifying. I hope we've gotten better, and we definitely have gotten better since then. I hope we are getting better uh, faster than destroying things. But uh, we would have known a lot, a lot more probably about the the ocean if, if people at the time were a little bit more tolerant towards you know what's happening. But uh, yeah, it's it's the nature of humanity, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there's there was a, a big sense of what I do doesn't have any consequences on this this planet, you know, and let's kill the yeah. whales, let's do this and that and the other, and. Well, anyway, and then we find out it does have consequences because the next one you talked about with spectral sailors and they co- sometimes come back to let us know, hey, you want to get married? <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh my gosh. David, is that, I feel like this one was probably your favorite. I don't know why. Oh, well, that's funny. It, it's close. I like the ghost ships uh, one the best, but I, I love the stories um, for this one of seeing something by the sea and just getting that overwhelming sense of sadness, you know, from it. There's, there's a lot of ghost stories, maritime ghost stories of, um, women on the coast with a house that has one of those, they call it a widow's walk, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, her husband goes out to sea, uh, maybe as a captain or something. And, and she goes up on the roof and there's a little, little place with a railing up there that she can watch for him to return. And he never does, you know, (laughs) except at night in the rain, throwing pebbles at the window. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, this one feels like a lot like these are, they could be, you know, true, or they just could be, you know, tales that people tell stuff like that. It's an interesting, um, way to deal with maybe the loss or to keep things you know alive i don't know and and you know it's interesting to me that um all around the world even outside of what you covered here people have these same stories though or similar yeah no absolutely there's so many stories of uh, in any any nation that that has um any sort of coastline and you have stories like that especially back in the day because it's hugely hazardous to go into the sea and you know on these you know little 
those seashells we have and you know it's at any point uh, nature can just bitch slap you and you're done i mean it's, <laughs> it's uh... absolutely and 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 the, the thing is it's yeah so many stories like that and it felt like we uh, i wanted to include like every one of these chapters i think does a different section of our of our relationship and the, the different scale as well and the ghost mm. ships thing they had that introduction with the with the big scale of it and our uh journey into something that's unknown and then coming back uh, it coming back to haunt us then the the unknown a uh, part of the sea creatures and, and and what can be lurking down there and um with with this one it just felt we needed to show like those little personal stories of people who live by the sea and mm -hmm. and and all this tra these tragedies of what can happen and how you know those come back to haunt us as well so to really nail that like 19th century romanticism feel that the kind of the, the the sea gave me more than some of the other topics i felt that that section kind of explored that a bit more very personal stories or or, or mm -hmm. they, it was different than the others definitely had a a different spin and then you know we we rounded out with mermaids i've never really studied mermaids I, no spoiler alert there um i didn't <laughs> know that originally they were not half women half fish but half birds i love the first photo it just showed it looked like a chicken half <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a woman on top of that you had those drawings and i i was thrown into my head of the old uh, kids in the hall, chicken lady sketches. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then how things, as time goes by, it gets adapted and it gets adapted to, um, uh, being, uh, you know, half fish. And you talked about, you know, the across the world, we just covered selkies recently on an episode on here, you know, the awesome. seal women and things like that. And then, um, it was really interesting to see, you know, we think of them as these, these well the sirens and, and calling them into their death or people trapping them and killing them and over time how you know how the thought of mermaids has changed yeah absolutely i mean it's such a great mythology and and, and how they develop and, and and how they evolve throughout the ages of all these stories of all the different mythologies around the world and and, and every uh and every civilization had its own version and and they all change simultaneously with our evolution as humans uh, so uh, it was really interesting to to put that at the end because it kind of it was a great example of of it was a literal example of, of symbolism of our relationship with the sea and, and our merger with it like uh, more and more as the more we understand it where you have a creature that's literally half human half you know um, sea creature and 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 what I found the most interesting about that is that the, the, in the first half we explore the mythology and everything that sounds quite fairy tale you know just information about mermaids that you might not know and then in keeping the 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 um, beautiful side and then the horrific side of them and then to really kind of flip it all on its head and i really wanted to finish with something that's like well here's a mermaid or in this case merman story yeah that that now we're gonna treat it as something that's because it you know very serious because it is um very well documented i think mermaids and this whole thought of it is just this look on human nature i mean look at the 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 men that say, oh, in the stories, they were so beautiful. I went to be with them and died. How horned yeah. up and gross are men that they <laughs> see a half fish, half woman? They're like, that I want. I want to have well, if you're, that. Well, if you're, if you're Robert Pattinson, you know. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's okay. Uh, yeah. Or or that dude in the one of the pirates movies that fell in love with the mermaid and uh, oh, yeah. they needed her tear uh yeah and uh I, I when you had the merman i i'm sorry but my head went to uh zoolander where he's like i was a merman dad merman <laughs> <laughs> exactly
of the the four chapters, uh, which one to you, to you, George, do you find would be the scariest, or which one did you you think was the spookiest? Do you have one? Purely scariest. I mean, it, it's it's difficult because to me it's like different moods and different. Yeah, they're all times very different. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it's like if you're with friends and you're kind of having fun, you just kind of want something that's gonna make everybody equally terrified. You know, I think the, the if you if you put the sea monsters on, I think everybody's gonna start mm. thinking it's like, oh, I'm not going into the sea again. Oh, my God. Yeah, everyone like, has a thing in their mind when you say sea monster, they see something. Yes. You know, yes. possibly. Yeah. But but I think if you are kind of. Um, you know, a bit, a bit tired towards the end of the day. You just want to chill. You got your sidewall blanket. You know, you have something <laughs> hot to drink, you know, and, and, you, and you're turning the film on and you just everything. The lights um, are down. Um, I, I, I think I think that that, that that first section from with the ghost ships, you kind of feel that that kind of vast foggy horror of just kind of, um, you know, uh, descend upon you. Uh, I think that's going that sets you up right for the whole film and it kind of keeps with it until until the end. So I think I think that's why we chose it to be the first one because I think it gives yeah. you that that full atmosphere of what what the experience is. You got a quote in there the, at the end that I love, and it goes something like this: "If I remember right, is like, the sea is the greatest reminder of our limitations as a race. Some things can't be conquered, and some things can't be explained. How true is that? Uh, and I think the sea is just a perfect example." of that whole way you know it's 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 a reminder you know it's you you said something like you look and stand upon you stand on the shore and you look out at places you can never walk you know yeah. and uh that is so true and i think that's why just like dinosaurs capture the minds of children because they're you know so do so do the sea and the deep because it's the place that we're not welcome but we still go or we try to. And uh, every time they go to new places, they uncover new mysteries. And we think as, a, as advanced as we are, we still know very little. Absolutely. I, I think it just seemed if, if we're going to talk about sea horror, if we're going to talk about uh, you know, uh, nautical folklore, all these things, um, it felt so important to, to mention that weird relationship and, and that sense of exploration and danger as you said like oh the allure of the mermaid is the, the sea creature that takes you to a fairyland and she will love you forever but at the same time she might just like cut your throat and drown you and you know uh, it's, it's, it's every it's, woman you're ever gonna date so yeah I mean. exactly so you know at the end of the day um or man <laughs> or, or or man oh absolutely um uh, more, more literal uh, throat cutting with man absolutely but, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah sadly so yeah but but um it, it's like I said, I think that's why it's such a good metaphor for for that relationship you just described. You know that that uh, um, it, it's both both alluring and dangerous, and it's such a such a good example for all the other human uh, desires that we have in in, in science and in, in developing new things that can both be dangerous if used incorrectly and and hugely beneficial if used appropriately, and and with space and and everything else. And the sea is kind of like our first real playground of of on this planet to to see how we react with something that's so vast and so unknown and so alluring and so kind and so dangerous and and, and so ter terrifying at the same time so um yeah that's why this documentary definitely more than northern forests uh it felt like it deserved a unifying theme because it, it really brought back all the chapters together amen i yeah nice alluring and dangerous was what 
David put on the email that he sent to me when he was trying to become the co-host on here, and it worked. So that's, that's just... all I sent. That's all it was. <laughs> be, be, be careful when you hear his singing. You might be, uh, I might just be drawn. drawn to him <laughs> yeah. no matter where he is. <laughs> I, I'm actually the opposite of a siren. <laughs> I drive people completely away with my singing. <laughs> no, you're like you're like an air siren when yeah. they hear you. Like a real <laughs> siren. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know like, yeah. <laughs> So George, what's next for you? Do you have any other plans? Or like I know you say you're, you're a planner, or or can you share with us what's coming up in the future? I can. Oh yeah, I can share a little bit. Uh, I won't. I won't spoil all of it because we'll be announcing it soon. But yes, uh, the the third Saturday will be coming soon, and we'll be announcing soon what the topic is going to be. But uh, the idea is going to be released for Halloween. So the idea, is so we have the 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 whole kind of like first three Saturday films available uh for everyone um for for this halloween very and cool and very better, soon yeah yeah and you'll get a very good picture of what the, the you know the whole series and the whole franchise is going to be we're going to be introducing a couple more things and uh you know hopefully people will love it and this one i think is going to feel pretty halloweeny and, and very soon we'll be announcing the, that's the awesome well i can't wait we've I, i've i've loved everything you've done so far and in the show notes we're gonna have links to everything but tell our listeners where can they find you where they can find your work where should everyone go yeah, absolutely. I, I think in, in, in the States, you have a, even a few more options to watch uh, Haunted Forests of England and Terrors of the Sea. Um, so it will be um, on Amazon. It will be on Tubi, Roku Channel, I think, and, and a few more. You'll be able to find it. Absolutely. And um, in terms of social media, you can find Sideworld specifically at, um, at Sideworld UK on Twitter. Um, and then we have a Sideworld page on Facebook. And then for our company, if you want to see some of the other films we've made and some other plans that we have, that's uh, at Rubicon Films UK. That's uh, me and Jonathan who who own it, and then um, everybody else who who helps make these these films. And um, yeah, you can find me as well at the George Popov. I you know I don't think I say anything interesting, but you know if you want to find me, I'm there. Uh, and uh, also we're all on Instagram and all these other stuff as well. So yeah, you'll be able to find us, and you'll be seeing more information about. Sidewalk and where it can go. And if you're a fan of anything paranormal, historical, um, just just like you guys, and we're we're all just fans of uh of the same things, and and um it will be nice to bring all these these fans and everybody is gonna have a bit of a uh, you know safe space where we can just enjoy um all these different topics and and I think it will be a nice um yeah, it's a, it's a nice place for everybody and people enjoying it. We, we will make more and I'm really excited for more topics and uh, and uh, more exploration, uh, not just in the UK, but the rest of the world as well. George, like we said, thank you so much. We're going to go to break and we'll be back with more Hysteria 51. Nation, we want pictures of your dogs. That's just a personal request from me, but while you look for a good one, let me tell you about something near and dear to mine, Brent's hearts, your dog's health. You may have noticed lots of dogs suffering from health issues these days, joints, odors, it's not good. Actress Katherine Heigl noticed these issues too, and after a ton of research, there was one place she found we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she created Superfood Complete, food for your four-legged friend that's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods vital to your dog's health. Her company, Badlands Ranch, also supports the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation, which has helped rescue thousands of dogs and place them in loving homes. 
Now, I know Brent has used Superfood Complete with his lovable meatballs, and they absolutely love it. He said it's easy to prepare. Both his guys grow crazy for it, and he loves knowing what he's giving them as healthy and full of ingredients that are actually beneficial to his little rapscallions. You can try it for yourself by going to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria today. Well, Brent, that was fun. Uh, I I got to tell you, like, if you took a a podcast and made it a film, I think this would be very close to what that is. Yeah, like it's a, a deep, deep dive into these. Like, it, it feels like a long topic, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's like part documentary, part narration, storytelling, ter- audio book. Uh, the visuals, you know, it's it's filled with lots of of art and. On location Old shots stuff, yeah, and, stuff, and yeah. Um, it's very—it's a slow burn, but the the subject matter is so interesting. I don't mind it, you know. I don't need like half a second for every um, shot that's in there. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of long, drawn out, really kind of sucks you in. I, I don't know if it'd be everybody's cup of tea because you know a lot of people want fast paced and action and stuff, but this is right up my alley because I just love the subject. Yeah. I think he's talking to the perfect uh, crowd because podcast, yeah. you know, that's yeah. it's great. Yeah. And uh, uh, in documentaries like this, that's what I want is that slow burn. He does a great job of, of, of kind of world building of these, these things that, that these people are going through or, or these mo- monsters or goats or, or you name it. So uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, again, I think we said this the last time. It's like, almost like, how do you know when to stop? You know, I know he's going right. to change up, but this is another one where you could go and part two and part three and yeah. part 64, you know what I mean? Of just like, where do you stop? And he did more of the obscure things in a good way, uh, mm-hmm. which were fascinating. I, especially, you know, I didn't know a lot of these, the, the Goodwin Sands. Holy hell, man. Oh yeah. That was great. I, I, I can't believe I didn't know about that. It makes me feel fucking stupid, you know, (laughs) and uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, there's uh, thousands of ships. Literally, there's a they show in there one of those charters where they show all the ships that have capsized there or or went down. So for a thousand that they know of, that's official. And you and they show there's just derelict ships rotting away in, in that whole pass today. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those weird uh, features of the earth. You know, it's, it's, it's not, (laughs) we like to say, oh, is there some paranormal aspect to this or whatever, but the earth can just be dangerous, right? And this is one of those spots, especially for seafaring uh, vessels, because it's so hard to know where it starts and stops. And then, you know, with weather and stuff, the tide can change really quickly and so, yeah, somebody's thinking they're going to make up some time by sailing around the coast mm-hmm. and, you know, hugging the coast to, to you know, uh, and and then all of a sudden they just stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. They're, they're doomed. Ladies call me the earth also 
because I'm known to be dangerous. Oh my god. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> lady. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies call me Goodwin Sands because I wreck shit. <laughs> Ladies call me Titanic because never mind. Because <laughs> you go down on your maiden voyage. Because <laughs> I, I was banged on by a bunch of dudes in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh and i broke into two pieces anyway yeah guys go look this up and if you watch this make sure you check out well we got and i'm trying to get away from my banging days uh we're gonna have links in the uh show notes to rubicon films you can check out his other feature films his other documentaries like we said side world haunted forest side world terrors of the sea and He's got that special one that uh, we can't know about yet, but it's coming out soon. More side world action. Can't wait. I'm actually looking really forward to it. You can find links to all this in the show notes. And while you're looking for links, go to Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook. Search Hysteria Nation. Let us know what you think about this. And go to our Twitter. We're at Hysteria51Pod. George is on Twitter all the time. He's constantly posting. He posts about his Stereo 51 on there a lot. He, he posts links to our interviews. He's been a great, great um, guest, and he also keeps posting stuff in a good way. Like, I just, I love it. And he uh, he's definitely someone you should follow. We're going to have links to everything on there. And uh, Stereo51.com. You can find links to all of our stuff. Leave us voicemails. You can leave one through there, right there on our website, or 773-669-7277. Also, blurryphotos.org is another destination. Where are they going to find when they go there? They're going to find brand new Campfire Ghost Stories episode. A few a few stories, a few uh, pants crappers there. One of them is a, an Algernon Blackwood tale. So, you know, it's 1800s. It's Canadian wilderness stuff. It's a little different as a ghost tale, a ghost story, you know, this is the guy that, um, wrote about the Wendigo, mm-hmm. um, which was a very cool story. And this one, you know, is very atmospheric and, uh, tension filled, I would call it. So anyways, uh, campfire ghost stories, uh, blurry photobers coming up, uh, quizbankpod.com. That's a trivia one. we got a lot of stuff coming up for that. And if you're in the uh, area in parts unknown, Colorado, please come out to our, uh, trivia nights. We have uh, the first Thursday of every month. We're doing live trivia at the Crested Butte Center for the Arts, and we might be adding another one each month that's uh, themed. So we might do like Ooh. Harry Potter trivia and Star Wars and Marvel, you know, things like that. So speaking yeah, of, lots of stuff uh, going on, Marvel trivia, and you were just talking about the Wendigo. Uh, the first appearance of Wolverine was in the Hulk 181. Well, technically, the last page of 180 and 181. And he is fighting the Wendigo, Hulk was, oh. and, and Wolverine goes to track and take out the Hulk. So that's ha. fun. Then a little, a little trivia for you. Nice. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So those are. Have fun. you? Did you see the? Uh, they dropped a trailer for um, Werewolf by Night. It is like this black noir film. Black noir film noir, old timey. I loved it. I didn't know what was going yeah. on, and I liked that. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. Seems it like it felt like a murder mystery suspense. Uh, I had yeah, no I, idea I, what was going on, and that was a lot of fun because how many times you watch the trailer and go, well, there's the movie. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> probably. You know, so. probably. I I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of on screen death they're showing, but uh, <laughs> spoilers. Anyway, hey, thanks everybody who voted for us for yeah. the paranormality. Just thing. closed up. I, we'll find out soon. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for us, uh, Brent. I am not for blurry photos. We're going up um, against uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club, which is some <laughs> uh, some dudes that are in TV shows and all that stuff. That's, yeah, that's a big following. Kind of kind of hard for an indie podcast to compete with. But I thanks for for voting. You know, well, thank you guys so much, and uh, don't let negative Nancy spoil your fun. Uh, we all <laughs> voted for you, so. Uh, uh, Here's what I know. I didn't even know that Bigfoot Collectors Club was a thing. So, <laughs> yeah, they, oh my god, people have so said the same about blurry photos. If you guys read <laughs> after them, ten years, <laughs> everything on that list, they open it up and there's a nomination time, and everyone nominates shows, and they pick the top what was it four or five of each one, and then there's voting. They do not pick the shows. Paranormality Magazine has nothing to do with that. It's funny to me because I went even if you go to the voting thing, then there's comments this is a sham. Where's insert whatever show that sh- person likes insert this. Right. How dare you? What kind of idiot came up with this list? The fans. And yep. <laughs> that's all it is. And we've asked our fans to, to vote for it, you know, and hopefully those other shows did. And if your show isn't on there next year, rally your troops and paranormal magazine actually is a really, it's a really a great magazine. And for 99 cents a month, you can get the digital copy. It's worth it. It's worth it for, you know, they, they, they take a lot of pride in talking to people that do the stuff that we do and, um, heck, uh, people that we've, uh, you know, that been on here, um, they, they've been on the cover of it. So lots sure. of people, yeah. you know, Derek Hayes has been on there, mm-hmm. um, uh, into the fray. She's been on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think it's of, a who's who man. Yeah. Really. Lauren, really, really. Lauren Coleman, Lyle Blackburn, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. All the people, all the names you you probably know, some you don't. Um, yeah. So, but but um, Shannon, I'm surprised that uh, surprised that Ryan hasn't been on there, or even us, maybe one day. I'd love to. So, yeah. So, guys, give them uh, some interest because it's it's definitely worth it. And uh, if your show's not on there, if you're another podcaster next year, rally the troops. You know, rally rally the troops. The, even some of the people that were on there this year was like throwing shade. <laughs> like you did that last year too. Why are you doing this? It's all voted on by the fans. So Hilarious. very much, very much appreciated all of you guys. Yeah. And thank uh, you. with that said, I've been Brent. I've been David. He's been conspiracy bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.